0: Good morning.
1: You're just in time.
0: Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement.
2: Let's start our day together.
0: Hey there, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn.
1: And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are thrilled to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show.
0: Cameron is off again today, and he actually has a bit of a bug, so we pray for him and for Bailey and Olive that they're restored to health and that he gets back here soon so that I'm not pushing all these buttons.
1: (laughs) You're doing great, Dave. (laughs) Well, thank
0: you. We're talking about Lent today with our wonderful friends Macy Becker from Buckeye Catholic. At The Ohio State University, and a good friend, Kevin Lowry, the president of the board here at St. Gabriel Radio. Morning, Amanda.
1: Good morning, Dave.
0: You start us with a prayer.
1: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for this day, for your goodness and for your blessings. Lord, we ask that you fill us with those special graces that each one of us need in particular to journey with you this Lent, to be truly and utterly attentive to what you are doing in each one of our hearts so that we may be transformed more and more into your image and likeness. Lord, when those times come where we might struggle or feel like we're failing, Lord, we ask to just have eyes and hearts attuned to what you are truly asking of us and, and how to pivot well and give ourselves to you that it is less about the physical fast and sometimes more about the heart fast. And so we, we offer our hearts to you. We ask for those graces and for those realizations. And we offer all of this to, to Mary, our mother, who is a good, caring mother, that she would intercede for us to help us to learn more about her son and to, to love him more. We offer all this through Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Ash Wednesday.
1: It is Ash Wednesday.
0: Here's Lent.
1: <laughs>
0: Day of fasting and abstinence. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Abstinence, no meat today, mm-hmm. fasting, one regular meal, and two smaller, if you can't have two smaller meals, they're not mandatory, but one, <laughs> one regular size meal, and then if you have a couple others to keep your strength up. That's fine.
1: Good clarification.
0: Thank you. Yesterday was the day of gluttony.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get a chance to celebrate? Cause it was also your birthday.
0: It was. And actually I shouldn't say a day of gluttony. Gluttony is never good.
1: That's true. Let's. But it was say a day, that. let's say
0: feasting mm-hmm. instead. And mm-hmm. boy, did I feast. <laughs> it was awesome. How did you
1: feast? You were going to do ribs, right?
0: We did last night, but you guys, uh, Honored, honored me with lunch yesterday and carrot cake.
1: That was nice.
0: Awesome, my our friend uh, Mike Dippold, who I share a birthday with, popped into the station and was able to have cake and help blow out the the candles, which weren't an accurate count on the candles it was something that actually a number that could actually be blown out something that you're probably
1: grateful for huh? (laughs)
0: yeah yeah and then last night uh family dinner and gifts and yeah just a a really um beautiful beautiful i'm loved well by my family Mm. so it was very nice good yeah so Today Ash Wednesday. I don't see any ashes around the cafe yet. This early, not it's, just uh, yet. <laughs> so this evening, make sure, uh, folks, you make it to Mass and uh, and uh, start the season. Start the season right. And our gospel reading today is Matthew, and we're in chapter six, verses one to six and sixteen to eighteen. Want to pray it, Amanda?
1: Yeah. Jesus said to his disciples take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them otherwise you will have no recompense for your heavenly father when you give alms do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others amen I say to you they have received their reward but when you give alms do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room Close the door and pray to your father in secret, and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites; they neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen. I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so, they, so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you.
0: Amen. Amen. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, it's all right there.
1: Mm -hmm. Is there anything in particular that stands out to you today, Dave?
0: Actually, the word gloomy.
1: (laughs) (gasps) Me too! Okay, what did it say to you?
0: Don't be gloomy. (laughs) I'm taking yes, it literally.
1: Literally, don't be gloomy. <laughs> um, actually, same. I am. I am taking it quite literal. But in this context, um, it says that they neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Um, and mm-hmm. and if I was just being honest with myself, it, it's not. There there are times that maybe I am gloomy in the midst of my fasting, but it's not so others can see me. But it's because maybe I lost the proper disposition of heart of like why I'm doing this. Mm. Maybe I'm focused too much on the what I'm giving up, the comfort that I'm not receiving. And that makes me gloomy. Um, But I think that is just telling of, well, then I lost focus of why I'm doing it.
0: Absolutely. Mm hmm focused on on what's missing rather than who's present Mm -hmm. um we can talk about uh this with our friends in here in a few minutes uh the difference between happiness and joy
3: Mm -hmm. i
0: I think also comes into this and and quite frankly i'm not far enough into ash wednesday to really be gloomy about my fasting (laughs) right
4: exactly
0: (laughs) you know give it a few hours uh, but uh yeah it's look at who's in front of you and um and there is the joy Mm -hmm. and there's um, an abiding and present joy when you're with the Lord and in the Lord so there's a quote also from uh, St. Augustine he tells us there's two kinds of people and two kinds of love one is holy the other is selfish one is subject to God the other endeavors to equal him so that also brings in uh, humility. Mm. And I was listening to uh, a prayer reflection uh, on the way in this morning that um, included the uh, litany of humility.
3: Whoa.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is a good prayer.
1: Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that, Dave, because I need to pull that out. That's It's been a while since I've prayed that. It's a, it's a really nice one to reflect on, especially during this time, I think
0: Yeah, it, uh, especially this time, right? Yeah. I mean but all always I mean uh, humility is uh, uh, an important facet of the Christian life, but especially starting this season today uh, to have the litany of humility.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What a kickstarter. what a kickstarter. So we're going to continue this conversation with our friends, Macy Becker and Kevin Lowry, When we come back, you're listening to the St. Gabriel Cafe. Stay with us.
5: My Jesus, before you ascended into heaven, you prayed that we would all be one as you and your father are one. But today, Lord, we seem more divided than ever. We are divided over political beliefs, gender, religion, ethnicity, color, and economic status. It is a division that cuts deeply, even through our closest relationships. You have warned us, Lord, that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Help me to remember that you are the cornerstone of this house, that your precepts, not ours, are the path to everlasting joy. Empower me with your grace to be an agent of healing and a proclaimer of truth and hope to this troubled world, one heart at a time. Armed with your sacred word, the sacraments, and the wisdom of the saints, you have given me everything I need to make a difference. You have created me for such a time as this, Lord, and I am ready to do your will. Amen.
2: Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of patience is seen in Mother Teresa. She lived patience heroically by bearing difficulties calmly and enduring long-suffering for Christ. Already a religious sister and teacher, she accepted another call from God to serve the poorest of the poor. She waited with great patience for the support needed to found the Missionaries of Charity. This congregation brings Christ's love to the sick and dying around the world. Let us ask Mother Teresa to pray for us, that we may grow in patience. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com.
4: I'm Lori Crock and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Spending time in nature can help us grow in our love for God. Pope St. John Paul II said, The aesthetic value of creation cannot be overlooked. Our very contact with nature has a deep restorative power. Contemplation of its magnificence imparts peace and serenity. It is both holy and healthy to spend time in nature. It can stir our hearts to deeper love for God and for others. It can give us insight about ourselves and it can help us to hear God's voice in our hearts. Saint Teresa of Avila said, It helped me to look at fields or water or flowers. In these things, I found a remembrance of the Creator. I mean that they awakened and recollected me and served as a book. Let us pray. Father God, open our hearts and teach us about you through the magnificence of your creation. Amen.
1: Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller.
0: I'm Dave Orsborne. And our friends Macy Becker and Kevin Lowry are here in the cafe with us. Morning, folks. Good morning. Good to see you again. Welcome to Ash Wednesday.
6: Good to be here. I'm also not yet in my Ash Wednesday gloom. (laughs) I know it'll come, though. You have a big smile. That's why we're drinking coffee right now. (laughs) Coffee is a good hunger
1: suppressant, they say. Oh. Mm, There you go. I'm
0: on coffee still, too. So yeah. two of us in here have coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. So you haven't given up coffee for Lent? No. Okay. No. If I was being honest with you, Dave, I was not sure if I should be concerned.
0: <laughs> with me?
3: <laughs>
0: no, you should be. Because
1: uh, you had mentioned that you might do that. I was like, oh, what's this going to mean for work dynamic? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing good. Nothing good. What are you drinking this morning?
1: Ooh, I am drinking Mate which is a maybe a similar to a green tea it's a loose leaf in a in a gourd. A what? <laughs> <laughs> what did you call that? Uh, uh it's a gourd. Yep, with a straw in it. You don't have to google that. Yep. You'll just have to google it. It's hard to explain. Google mate. I I got it from Argentina when I visited. It's it's very popular in their culture.
0: Both the mate and the gourd.
1: Correct. Nice. Yeah
0: okay i'm not gonna judge you post i feel picture. judged actually
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean there are always
6: judgments but you're the one that likes drinking it so yeah. that's, mm-hmm. and it's fun it, it looks, is
1: it's very cultural yeah i learned something while you're I was definitely out. more cultured than i am
6: Me too. i never even think to drink
0: so macy it's been a little while since you've been here in the cafe Tell yes. us about yourself. It
6: was the beginning of Advent, <laughs> so it's been when we change the next seasons. Se- next we liturgical have... <laughs> season <laughs> seems like that's the theme.
0: You're with Buckeye Catholic.
6: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. What um, do you do there? My job is the assistant development director, so I work on inviting people into the mission and to, to support the students and make sure that they have every opportunity available to encounter the Lord and and His Church, and a great time yeah yeah we just had a huge mardi gras party last night one of the missionaries there's 16 missionaries that work for buckeye catholic and one of the missionaries is from new orleans and she's she goes pretty big for mardi gras there was a live jazz band i'm not kidding no way yeah and a bunch of jambalaya that was her mom's homemade recipe oh nice and And we actually just opened our new student lounge so the whole student lounge renovation um is done the coffee shop that's going to be put in will be done at the end of march and it'll open at the beginning of, of april
1: they're going to have a crimson crimson there? okay just the crimson
6: crimson and crimson cup similar but different oh okay. so it'll, it'll look more like the crimson that's in easton hmm. um,
0: doesn't come in a gourd
6: it does not come in gorgeous. I don't think that they serve Mate. <laughs> Unfortunately. There. I think they serve But uh, Two different things. But no, the students are so excited and we're really excited. I, I think it's going to be huge for um, just students being able to come in and be invited. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a big fireplace and a bunch of comfortable furniture. And it's just very, very cool. There's a lot of Bible study rooms. And yeah, hopefully it'll be the first step to... It's kind of set up in such a way that the students come in. There's a coffee shop and a lounge, so it's very familial and, and community-driven, and there's no, there's really no like cubicle places to sit by yourself. It's all communal seating, and then hopefully they make the next step up to the chapel, and, and we introduce them to Jesus in a different way. But um, everybody is so excited, and you'll have to come down and check it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hopefully soon. Kevin Lowry, who are you?
7: Well, that's <laughs> man, that's a hard question a to answer. A child of God, first yes, and a child of God. Thank you so much. Um, let me see. Uh, I am the uh, husband of Kathy mm-hmm. for um, it's going to be thirty-five years. Nice. So uh, this year we are obviously still in the honeymoon phase. She obviously. is awesome. Um, I have just the f- most fantastic wife, uh, and we have eight kids. Wow! And they they have. <laughs> they have receded in significance somewhat because we now have seven grandchildren. Mm. and So Always. that is yeah. just the coolest thing, too. Mm. Uh, and I work at uh, a sponsor, Rev Local, mm-hmm. and a uh, great, great company. Written a couple books along the way, and uh, and I hang out here at St. Gabriel on a fairly regular basis.
0: And we're blessed, and... Give a little bit of a spoiler. You're working on a series of uh, reflections for us now.
7: I am. Um, yeah, I, I was. I was writing um, uh, another book, and and it was turned down by the publisher, uh, which is embarrassing because I'm on the board of the publisher. But um, the, it must really be awful. Well, it was. It was actually very good for my humility. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> But, uh, I decided that what I wanted to do years ago, I had done these things called faith at work minutes Mm -hmm. that we had aired during, uh, the commute. And I thought, you know what? I want to do a series called marriage minutes for men Mm. and encourage men to really embrace, uh, what I believe is the underrated sacrament of marriage Mm. and, uh, and just sort of, you know, encourage guys to maybe think about marriage a little bit differently and, uh, It's, you know, anybody who's been in a marriage for any period of time recognizes that there are difficulties that come along the way, but there's so much grace in, 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 you know, in some ways there are parallels. I'm not going to compare my marriage to Lent, but you know, there, there are parallels in the sense that, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the the difficulties are inevitable, but the blessings are just amazing.
5: Mm.
0: Yeah. Unless we forget, today is also Valentine's Day. It is indeed. Right. So we don't get a pass. No, of course not. Completely. I mean, obviously, Ash Wednesday yeah we're um, still
1: called to love just maybe not partake mm-hmm. in all the festivities of it <laughs> you know, i saw chocolate ch- chocolate covered strawberries at the store last night and i was like don't get
6: them
7: <laughs> don't, uh, do, don't it. do it <laughs> <laughs> you're
6: not going to finish them all
7: <laughs> my wife just had one of those last night my da- one of my daughters brought and brought it over and uh and so my wife and one of my other daughters was eating it and and of course that was well timed yes. everything but they were just they thought that was the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. but not today
1: no Kevin, can I ask you, maybe could you just give us one nugget from your insight into the Marriage Minutes?
7: Yeah, uh, you know, one of them, I mean, there there are lots of different themes and and different things like that. But, you know, one was just remembering, you know, trying to just reflect on what it was that you fell in love with Mm. in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because I remember distinctly uh, the first time that I saw my wife was across the room at the J.C. Williams Center, Franciscan Franciscan University. And I just remember thinking, she's beautiful. You know, and and it was sort of, you know, she's got blonde hair, sparkling eyes, just all the, I mean, I was just utterly transfixed in this moment. But then when I got to know her, I got to just see all of the things that she's really good at and all the gifts and all of the, the, you know just the ways of thinking and and I, I just fell in love with her holistically mm-hmm. you know and sometimes I think as men we got to take a step back and remember why you know why did we fall in love in the first place and and sort of savor that just a little bit because those qualities are still there
1: mm. mm-hmm. actually I do think this is quite fitting for our Lenten talk because it is important to remember our, our first love, Right, mm-hmm. that when we maybe first encountered Christ or all the ways that um, really his love felt tangible. Mm-hmm. And I think that will really help us get through the season of Lent when it does start to get hard and we're like, why am I doing this again?
3: Right, <laughs> right,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, I feel like um, Lent is always, Lent
6: and Advent for me are always the seasons that kind of reorient like ordinary time i feel so bad somebody needs to write reflections for ordinary time because <laughs> i nominate it's, it's you so hard. <laughs> it's really hard for me to enter in i mean i always read the daily mass readings and those are obviously so helpful but um yeah just recognizing i feel like for me there's a couple of experiences that i've had that just oriented themselves towards Lent. if we if you've never gone through like the story of salvation and the different covenants that the lord has made i highly recommend that um but just how much the Lord consistently reminds us that he's always the one who fulfills his promises. Mm-hmm. And Lent is a time where we actually take consistent and an elongated period of time to remember that he keeps telling us that, <laughs> like that it's I'm always here, like this is what I did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to remember. Um, yeah, just recently I've gotten into, I'm not a poet by any any form, but sometimes in prayer, instead of like, Writing, I'm an external processor. So instead of like writing out everything, um, I just write a few lines of poetry. But um, the most recent one, it was like called, He Who Remembers, you know? Like every single time that one of the most particular Psalms that really stuck out to me was Psalm 136. It Every other line says, his steadfast love endures forever. Mm-hmm. And it goes through salvation history. It literally walks through the entire Old Testament up to Christ and says like every other line, his steadfast love endures forever. And that's something in in particular in my own life that um, I wanna focus on this Lent is allowing, like yesterday from the reading of St. James, like he encourages us for our love to endure and our love to be steadfast. He said like count it as a blessing to go through different trials Mm -hmm. um, so that your love may be be proven. and so, as much as we want to not be gloomy, like how to how do we reorient our mind to count it as a blessing, to give things up and to sacrifice? And whether that be a physical fast, I mean, Father Adam had a good homily yesterday of like prayer fasting and almsgiving, and he just recommended doing one thing of each um, and just realizing that. Like, it's not about proving our love, right? It's not about anybody else. Nobody else needs to know exactly what you're doing for Lent. Unless you, like me, struggle with accountability, I have to ask my roommate, like, hey, I need you to help me because I'm not very good. Like, if nobody else knows about Mm -hmm. it, then it's easier for me not to do it. Um, But having one or two trusted people that you tell what you're trying to do. But another good piece of advice that Father gave in his homily yesterday was um, just recognizing what are the types of sins that he used the word like that you love right now and like Mm -hmm. praying through what exactly you need to do to rid those things of your from your life. And like, yeah, we don't, he's like, you don't have to give up sweets every year. Like that's, it's, it's a common thing. I know I did it in middle school. Um, but just like recognizing what are the things that are holding me back from my love being steadfast and from being grateful for trials rather than gloomy and frustrated and upset about them. So yeah.
0: Macy Becker from Buckeye Catholic and Kevin Lowry, our board president with us here in the cafe this morning. That that's why I kind of stepped away from giving up coffee. Mm-hmm. Um it be Yeah, I, I I've done it so many years and it just really ceased to be a a, a penance, you know. Right. Um so
6: Right. And sometimes there's a grace there. Like I remember for the longest time, I love coffee mm-hmm. so much. And I given it up a few times. The first time I gave it up, oh my god, <laughs> the headaches and the, like the people knew, people knew mm-hmm. that I gave it up, but then like the freedom that came from that. And I remember even when I first moved here, I moved here in July and I knew I wanted to give up caffeine just for health reasons. I was getting really anxious. (laughs) I asked
1: you to go get coffee when I first met you. You're like, no, I don't really drink coffee. (laughs) I was like, I don't drink it because I was trying so hard, you guys,
6: to like give it up. But but what I realized... As she sits here with her coffee Yes, as I sit here with coffee because Ash Wednesday and, you know, hunger suppressing. That's I'm honestly being so strategic about today because I know myself. (laughs) But yes, that is so true. I did say that. And I love coffee, but... To the point where I like, I knew I needed to give up caffeine for like the good of my health, mm-hmm. but also recognizing that I enjoy it, and that's that's where the virtue of temperance comes in because it's not similar to what you were saying earlier about like gluttony. Like we should never be gluttonous, but there are times in the church of feasting, even during Lent, like the the, the right. feast of Saint Joseph and the Annunciation, like there are, there are solemnities that the Lord and in, in His goodness and the Church in her goodness says, "Hey, take a break, <laughs> take like, a break. like like." Actually, Jesus did already die and resurrect, so you can like enjoy this um, and remember why you're doing this. Um, but there comes a time too where, like, I'm I'm 28, and I probably have been actively drinking coffee since I was 18. So, 10 years of a habit, and I was like, uh, it's not easily broken. There are other things that you know, like 40 days is enough time to build habit, but you have to be very intentional mm-hmm. about it. But long story short the Lord gave me the grace to stop. Like one day I just stopped drinking caffeine and now I get to get to drink it every once in a while, but I don't get headaches. I'm not Mm -hmm. irritable, but like my point being like, let's take this time of Lent to like really pray for the Lord to give us the grace to fast well, because it's not our own efforts that's going to change our hearts. It's like recognizing the grace that the Lord wants to pour into it and, and, on our using our free will choosing to try to give him the space to do that
7: and see that takes though i think a level of discernment yes you know because and and this is where i i don't i don't know about you guys i struggle with this every Mm -hmm. year because I, I have what I call sort of hor- a hardcore Catholic friends who are like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, Lent is here. It's going to be awesome." Let's wear and ashes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and they're like all about it, and they've got they've got it planned out three years in advance. And it, it you know, and I, I'm just not there, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, at least to me, it's you have to reflect on your own interior life, yes, mm-hmm. and you have to say what is it that the Lord is calling me to do, mm-hmm. and then, of course, I think that that you know, you talked a little bit about. Um, not prudence, you were talking uh, temperance, yeah. you know, and, and so you don't want to swing too hard and do yeah. something that's just like crazy. You're off never going to have the capacity to do it, right? Or something that's, you know, I'm going to give up Brussels sprouts for Lent. you know, <laughs> and I,
1: I don't even like those yeah. yeah,
7: exactly, <laughs> you know, so or
1: vegetables. You yeah. have
7: to kind of moderate that right. a little bit,
1: actually. That's such a good point. Um, and maybe we could talk about this idea of pivoting during Lent mm-hmm. yeah. because maybe there are times where we. Under pick something or yeah. over pick something, and do we hold on to it for the sake of this is what I said I'm gonna do, so right. I'm gonna do it, or yeah. do we reassess during mm-hmm. our Lenten time, like okay, Jesus, is this what you really wanted, and yeah. is it actually helping me? Mm-hmm. Because the purpose of Lent, the goal of Lent, is to become more like Christ, right? And yeah, so what what are your what are your <laughs> well, thoughts on it, pivoting during <coughs> Lent?
0: Well, that, that with me and coffee, that that was my choice. I, right. Maybe maybe the first time I did it, there was some discernment in it. And, mm-hmm. and the Lord said, Dave, maybe you want to separate yourself from coffee for 40 days. Mm-hmm. That's no longer the case. Now it's like, Lord, here's what I'm doing.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, yeah. yeah, Dave, I think I'd rather have you do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because, just
6: being aware of his voice in that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And to your point, Amanda, on uh, on the pivot, it's this is the opportunity in the season to go deeper in all aspects the, mm-hmm. the prayer the fasting and the almsgiving and every day you know to um to build those habits to have that discipline to hear god's voice
6: right well and this this is the thing like fasting is not secluded to the season of lent mm-hmm. right like right. what we do here this is a very concentrated time where you kind of know everybody is giving up something whereas like it's more hidden throughout the year but something that i've come back to a lot i've known a lot of people and i think it's i think it's wonderful they've done like the exodus 90 there's this new magnify 90 people are doing it um but the thing with those are like they're meant to get at the heart of like you recognizing your own weaknesses mm. that you don't have the capability to do it alone that's why most most people when they're successful at it and success means different things but like When they're successful, they do it with a community of people that they can talk through what's going on, not just doing it on their own to prove themselves. But just to recognize, I always come back to um, the moment of consecration when the priest in in Jesus' name says, through him, with him, and in him. But he doesn't say for him, right? Like, we're not Mm -hmm. doing this. Jesus doesn't need us Mm -hmm. to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we need it. Mm -hmm. And so to pray through, like, and, and with the pivoting, like, why why am I doing this? Am I doing this to prove myself to other people? Because who asked me to do that, right? Like, it's, Lord, this is how I'm going to transform into you. So what do you want? Like, what do you see? And that moment of self-reflection is huge. And I don't think enough of us do it, right? Mm-hmm. I think we it's an easier excuse to just pick something pretty nominal um, rather than really taking a hard look at, well, just,
0: are, so. just Macy, just that, uh, that word transform, uh, says strongly your transformation isn't only going to last for 40 days. Right. You know, it, we want to transform what's well, our whole life heart. on this side
6: of heaven. Yeah. Like we're being prepared for the eternal marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming like in your book, it's very similar like that. I don't, I'm not married, but I have experienced that in my own relationship with the Lord. Like, oh, you are purifying me. Like there, mm. there's parts of this where I just want to yell at you <laughs> and I don't like what you're doing. Um, but if I submit to this obedience of what you're asking me to do, whether I agree with it or not, right? Like I feel like probably in marriage, that's a huge lesson that you learn. It's like just submission to like serving your spouse, right? Yeah. And that's what ultimately Lent and our entire life is meant to do. Like heaven is the eternal relationship where we're serving the Lord and where we're in like, eschaton like the the beatific vision where where like it will all have been worth it um but I think that goes back to like a couple of things like one as humans Lent is a great time to be humbled right like we are so prideful I'm so prideful I remember reading uh searching for and maintaining peace and it was just talking (laughs) Father Jacques Philippe was talking about like I remember I read it my sophomore year of college and it was a whopper like to to read at the beginning of your reconversion (laughs) it was a little much but it was talking about how like how silly it is to get mad at yourself for failing Mm -hmm. because you're human Mm -hmm. right like we are actually like disposed to sin we we desire it and that's why lent and fasting is supposed to redispose us to christ and so that's something like I remember reading an email recently and like it gave, I get a million Catholic emails all the time of like, what are things that you could give up for Lent? And one was to like not beat yourself up when you fail, hmm. right? Actually take, take that energy and like sit with Jesus and say, Lord, what do you think of me? Mm-hmm. Like I've already failed this morning. I, I pushed snooze a million <laughs> times and that's right. half of the reason why I was late, you know? Like, and I'm like, I tried to pray through that, like to pray through beating myself up and say, Lord, like, Lord, have mercy. Help me to like, start again today. Begin again.
7: You know what's funny? I I actually went to confession once with Father Jacques Philippe. No way. It was the wow. most awesome thing ever. And he gave me this is kind of a funny story. He gave me absolution in French. <gasps> <laughs> Which I think still works. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. You know, as long as, as long as you know that it, it
1: happens. <laughs> but it, it, and,
7: and I have to say, read any of his books mm-hmm. as one of your observances for Lent, and you will you will not regret it because they're short, they're profound. Yes, they're awesome. They're and,
6: very self reflective. Yes, very much so.
7: So let's let's get practical for a second because I mm-hmm. you know I, I was talking about how I have friends who like really look forward to Lent. I'm not among them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not like, yeah, more self-abasement. That's great. You know, I'm like, looking forward uh, to
6: 40 days. <laughs> but what I
7: what I do look forward to, interestingly, is the fact that there's always grace, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of the whatever self-imposed trials. And we have to take that with a grain of salt, right? Because this isn't our work.
3: Mm-hmm. This is
7: God's work. Mm-hmm. We're right. trying to conform ourselves to him. So I actually like some of the different models you know, of, and and Macy, you talked about prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. that's a perfect place to start. My wife gave me a great one last night, and I actually wrote it down on my phone. She said sometimes she'll approach it and she'll do one spiritual thing, one sort of service-oriented thing, and then one sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So three S's, mm-hmm. spiritual, service, and sacrifice. I love that. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I, I came across years ago that I still use every now and again is the one 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 plan. And they talk about it's one sin, so you focus on one sin, you know, if you've got a predominant fault, something like that, and you really want to get at that, well, I'm going to do something to work on that. And then one add, you know, so one thing, maybe it's a divine mercy chaplet every day, you know, mm-hmm. just something. And then one thing that you give up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, I just like talking Mm -hmm. about that stuff Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, for different people at different phases of their lives, Mm -hmm. they just want kind of, you know, maybe a different approach. Uh, Again, not, it's not just, I'm giving up sweets for Lent Mm -hmm. again for the, you know, 50th time.
6: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, the beauty of entering into Lent well, is I just remember the Easter Vigil is my favorite Mass of the year. Like it's just by and far, I I'm sure, God willing, someday I have kids. I probably won't be able to go, but I will go until that point. Um, but it's just incredible. One, it goes through, if they if you do the whole Mass, it goes through the entirety of salvation history. And the reason why it's so beautiful and glorious, and also like when, when all of the lights are off and then the Gloria comes on and all the lights in the church go on and everybody's just like smiling so big, like you can't have that level of joy Without, the sacrifice that existed before, mm, right? right? Like yeah. you can't enter yeah. in so full. Like we we would never know, the joy of the Easter Vigil and Easter Sunday, without Good Friday. And I know different Catholics. I mean, I am very much a Good Friday Catholic. I'm like my my spiritual life, a lot of the time, orient's on suffering and like walking with Jesus. My my favorite prayer is the Stations of the Cross. If you have mm. never been to Stations of the Cross. 100% recommend. I think every parish has stations across at some point during the day. A lot of them accompany fish fries and soup mm-hmm. dinners and things like that, but it's just an incredibly beautiful prayer. Um, but I think it's because I also really love celebrating that I love entering in mm-hmm. to the passion of Christ because in the celebration, it's so much more real and authentic. Like I, I in my entire life, has ne- have never felt as much joy as I do during Easter vigil when the glory comes on, when I'm watching however many people come into the church, even if it's one, like I just have tears in my eyes. I'm oh, like, this always. is incredible. So yeah. And it's just so beautiful. But I think that's where like, when the grind comes in and when the gloominess comes in and what we're called to our whole life, not just during Lent, is like when we are in the suffering, remembering the joy, right? Mm-hmm. Like remembering that there is going to be a season and there always is like cause for joy.
7: You know, I I love that because this Easter vigil uh, will be 32 years since my wife and I came into the church mm. together. Oh, wow, that's amazing! Easter I would have cried. <laughs> oh, and, and, I, <laughs> I would have been there. And the thing that just uh, amazes me, sort so of, so three looking years back, after your marriage. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. That's right. So we were, okay. yeah, we were married first, you yeah. know, outside the church. Uh-huh. Uh, we were married in in this little. Uh, Wesleyan Church, just north of, of Steubenville, in my wife's hometown. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we were we were married for three years. We had two or three kids, two kids, I think, at that point, expecting our third. And and the, the interesting thing, though, is that you know you talk about sort of the difficulty getting there, and then the joy and everything that follows. It reoriented the the entire context for our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, in so many ways, I can't even imagine how we would have you know sort of gotten on if it wouldn't have been for that because it's like the faith is is the the foundation of everything mm-hmm. otherwise you know for example we would not have eight kids mm-hmm. you know I, I, <laughs> I mean there are some very practical manifestations of uh of that decision and right. and you know I felt like it wasn't us choosing God, it was God choosing us. Oh, always. And to this day, I just revel in mm-hmm. in being Catholic because yeah. we're given so many gifts as members of the church. And, you know, we just need to be receptive. Yeah.
1: And and one of those gifts is Lent. We're, we're talking to Kevin Lowery and Macy Baker about Lent here in the cafe. And Dave, actually, you were sharing with me the other day that, because you're also a convert, mm-hmm. that you didn't really experience the season of Lent. Yeah, growing
0: up. I uh, grew up Methodist and it Lent is a thing in the in the Methodist Church. I I think we just didn't participate in it. I mean, it, it's a different um, level, I guess, than uh, the Catholic understanding. But yeah, I mean, growing up, it was always, and I was a kid also. So it, it's looking forward to Easter morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the
6: baskets, the bunnies,
0: exactly, and getting up early for the sunrise <clears throat> service and. So I, you know, awesome. That was awesome. But it wasn't until I really went through RCIA and all that preparation and the immersion of uh, the catechesis and the formation, because there was a lot of formation that needed to happen Mm -hmm. and a lot Mm -hmm. of conversion and a lot Mm -hmm. of transformation. But it wasn't until, I mean, walking in to the Easter Vigil. And we kind of had a little run through, so what you know what to expect with the bishop and mm-hmm. everything, but the darkness, and then that flash you know yeah. of light I'll never forget it mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's just, cool. just yeah. amazing
7: I don't remember any experience of Lent as mm-hmm. a kid, and mm. my dad was a minister mm. at the time, I mean we had you know Easter candies and the celebration and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, and it was hockey season, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, yeah, I, I just checked out.
1: And you grew <laughs> up in Canada. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a little oh, more wow. context there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
6: Yeah. It's yeah. hockey season. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what does that matter? <laughs> it wasn't until I lived in the North. I'm from Kansas originally, oh, but yeah. then I lived in Michigan for a couple of years and I, I went to my first hockey game and it's right, it's so much fun. But see, it's, it's funny <laughs> so because,
7: fun. you know, we kid about this, but it is all about priorities. Yeah, mm-hmm. it right? really is. And as a kid, Lent did not register. Mm-hmm. I, now, I, and I frankly I would have to call my dad and ask him whether we whether there was any observance whatsoever. Oh, right. I, I don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think all of us have that experience, Kevin, is this coming into the faith more deeply and recognizing right. like, oh, Lent is something I really have to choose and live out.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So right. maybe, I just pose that question. What has it been like in your own spiritual life to really choose Lent and what mm-hmm. has it done for your walk with our Lord? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, I feel like something that you had mentioned earlier just reminded me as well of like the book of John is my favorite gospel, but John thirteen one says says like, because he first loved us, right? Like mm-hmm. we love because he, he loved us and um, and he loved us to the end. That's John thirteen one, And so just recognizing that like just pounding it in everyone's heads that it is not our doing it's not our control it's not our efforts, um but it is our choice right Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest thing there's a huge difference between bearing the weight of the cross and embracing it and like that's probably one of my favorite Hmm. images from the passion movie is like Mm. jesus picking up the cross and just like squeezing it really hard
1: and like mother i make all things new yes. look at, uh, yeah it gets me and you're just like yeah. okay i can do this <laughs> um
6: yeah and i think too there's another book that really put things in perspective and in, in terms of choosing lent in terms of just understanding suffering the christian faith is the only faith that puts context to like what suffering means mm-hmm. and lent is the epitome of how we explain that to people um But there is a book. He's actually a Jewish author, but um, Victor Frankl. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. And it's an incredible, it's a short read, but very, very deep. Um, And I read that my first year when I was a missionary for four years. And I read that my first year. And I'm honestly like, I don't think I had really entered into Lent. Like I had my deeper conversion my sophomore year of college. And I gave up coffee and I gave up dating for a little bit and all this different stuff. But like, that was the first time I put context of like, Suffering has, one, like, my own, a redemptive purpose, but also an intercessory purpose, like, recognizing that I don't just have to give something up, but I can attach attention, intentions to it um, for the salvation of, of my own soul and those around me. Um, so, really just putting a meaning towards it. Um, yeah, you could definitely read the book um, if you want to hear more about that, but he he just goes through, like, this, not, he was a part of a Nazi concentration camp, and just, basically outlines as a psychologist the difference of the people who survive the concentra- concentration camps. And it's not the survival of the fittest. It's those who say like, I'm waiting for, for my wife. I'm going to be reunited with her or "Or I'm going to mm. meet the Lord. And like those who are able to attach meaning to what they were going through,
1: Yeah, um, mm.
6: which is really I, profound.
1: That's a really good point, Macy. And I think sometimes during Lent, especially when it starts to get hard, we can... Kind of grit our teeth and be like, "This is I'm I'm just gonna do it right." Mm-hmm. And we focus maybe too much on the idea of of the suffering right. versus the meaning for which we're suffering.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, just how can how can we maybe enter more so into the meaning mm-hmm. of Lent in terms of internal reflecting and mm-hmm. holding on to why we're doing this, right?
6: Well, something that I have been meaning to do for a long time that maybe I'll get around to actually doing it today because it's the start of Lent. But what I'm hoping to do is writing down just names of not everyone that I know, but a lot of people that I know, especially like 40 names for Lent Mm -hmm. or more. But even like Lent aside, but during Lent especially, when I'm having a particularly hard time and I need to reorient, just like pulling out a name and saying, okay, like, this person, this is the reason why I'm reorienting myself hmm. for the Lord. And I'm offering this for them and saying a prayer. Whether you let them know you're doing that or you're just doing it for yourself. I'm like, I, I experience that. I love my job, but I experienced that at work. Like when I'm it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I I'm done for the day mentally. It's like, okay, I still have an hour and a half, two hours left at work. And so I just offer a prayer for whoever comes to mind at that time and like re-enter in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's a, I've seen people do that. I think that's a great way, um, whether you offer a whole day of Lent, like anytime it gets hard, I'm gonna offer it for this person. Um, and just getting it out of like, this is what I'm doing for myself or I'm doing for Jesus. It's like, actually, this is not about me.
7: Mm-hmm. That's hugely important mm-hmm. because I'll tell you one of one of the experiences that I've had is I am sort of a words of affirmation guy from a love language standpoint, and there was a Lent, um, probably a couple of years ago, that my wife, knowing this about me, decided that her service element—you know, again, she was service, spirituality, and and sacrifice—as her service thing, she decided for my sake to give me certain just words of affirmation every day and i gotta tell you it rocked my world it was so good i mean i was so grateful and mm-hmm. i didn't know what she was up to she mm-hmm. wouldn't tell me but it, it was just it was really impactful and so I, I love the thought about thinking in in not just in a selfish or, or a self-centered way right. that we're just thinking okay what am i gonna give up you know it's mm-hmm. it's more okay what does the lord need because ultimately if we're discerning properly, the ultimate goal is for us to advance in holiness mm-hmm, and to advance in, in charity. You know, and and you know, Dave, uh, you and I, sort of representing the the older demographic uh, in <laughs> mm-hmm. this this group here, represent. Know, I, I I personally believe that aging is the Lord's way of helping us to advance in humility, mm-hmm. which is I think another. Really important element, and, and sort of a foundational virtue in so many ways, because I think that's the only way that we can approach God, mm. is with just sort of abject humility, mm-hmm. you know, and and of course because we just we mess that up all the time, right, down here. So you know, just the just the thought.
0: Kevin Lowry and Macy Becker are here with us in the cafe. We're talking about Lent. That's so why I'll come back to that quote from St. Augustine. You know, there, there's uh, two kinds of people and two kinds of love. One is holy and the other is selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really does boil down <laughs> to that. I um, also want to come back around to just how grace works through uh, the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that um, I want to try to do more. Uh, during the season is pick up the phone less Mm -hmm. and carol actually just gave me a uh little stations of the cross booklet Mm. so instead of picking up the phone pick up the booklet Mm. and where does grace fit in Mm. to that Mm -hmm. well because it's become such a habit yeah you know my mind has changed and i believe literally my mind has changed where It's just so reflexive now to reach for the device Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or to have a distraction that is, I mean, just more often than not just meaningless. I mean, it's, it's just frivolous Yeah, and to ask for that grace now to change, transform my mind so that I'm reaching for something
7: else. You know what, Dave? One of the best things that I ever gave up for Lent was social media. Mm Mm-hmm and uh, i had heard a priest talk about what you give up for lent is probably something that you might want to consider giving up forever mm-hmm. and at the end of that Lent, i got rid of social media forever so i'm on linkedin but i'm on nothing else mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and this was several years ago and i'm happier than i've ever been mm-hmm. in in the sense that it had become a barrier
3: Mm-hmm.
7: To you know the the most important relationships because if I'm sitting there scrolling through you know Facebook or whatever and my wife is trying to have a conversation with me but I'm otherwise engaged you know, it's just it's completely counterproductive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, Kevin, you bring up an amazing point, and it's something that I've been reflecting on in preparation for this Lent. Is uh, you had also just said it? You know, the purpose is to advance in holiness, and so. Yeah, there are things that I could give up that would help me maybe with my purification or my detachment, Uh, but I'm more and more becoming convinced that this Lent, I need to focus on maybe more so a holy habit that I can Mm. continue past Lent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I was to, let's say, any of the regular things, maybe give up coffee or chocolate or something okay, I could do that for 40 days, but I, I don't think I would continually do that for the rest of my life, right? And so I'm-, I'm Cold showers. <laughs> you know yeah, that, that's right. What, exactly. Right. What? But, no. but if I decide, okay, the, the habit I'm already trying to cultivate, maybe in terms of spiritual reading or a particular prayer time, and it just needs to be solidified, then maybe I just really need to double down this Lent and then- continue that holy habit Mm -hmm. whatever it may be in our own lives right Mm -hmm.
0: well and that's for me that's the difference between muscling through something you know which which guys especially I can really be right you know I go back to two a days you know in sports and you know just muscle through it you know get to the end versus actually having that desire for transformation that
7: desire for grace to change Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. change
0: me so that that change is more enduring than just
7: And that's where the discernment matters so much because there's always space between who we are and who we want to be, Mm. you know, and and I think that the discernment is good in the sense that it takes that focus off of just sort of us as a self-improvement project of one. Mm-hmm. You know, and saying, no, 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 this is the Lord's work. Lord, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Right.
6: Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I, I remember um, I took the introduction to the Theology of the Body class um, through the um, Theology of the Body Institute. And one of the most profound quotes that I had um, highlighted in my book, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but I'm pretty sure it's by Hans earth von Balthasar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, was like, holiness is the me- measure of like the beloved receiving the love of the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And so even like, I would even challenge, this is, I'm I'm big on semantics of like, um, I just heard recently in another podcast I was listening to, like the goal is not to become a saint, the goal is to love Christ. And like loving Christ then transforms you, right? Mm-hmm. Like then makes you holy. That being able to receive to, as much as possible the extent of the love of Christ that he wants to give you. And it's very particular for each person how he, manifest that in your life Um, but the goal is union with Christ Mm -hmm. and like Jesus is the perfect person so in our discernment right we should never compare ourselves to like oh that person like it's great to have people to have virtue and that you look up to but really the person that you look at is like okay Christ is the whole person and when I'm looking at myself next to Christ like where are the gaps Mm -hmm. um, in in my pride and my whatever and how can I Receive his love more fully,
1: Macy. I thought that was a beautiful quote. I want to reiterate it. It tell me if I got this correctly. Holiness is the measure of the love of the bride for the bridegroom.
6: Um, it's the measure with which we receive the love of
1: the bridegroom. Mm, okay, receptivity.
6: Not mm-hmm. not my love for him, right? But that we kept I receive. Re- repeating that the whole time. Like he first loved us. He's the one that's mm-hmm. doing. Like our job is to receive, mm-hmm.
1: right? Actually, this reminds me of Jason Mays was in the cafe the other day and we were talking about Lenten. what he had said, uh, a reflection he was doing is, what do you turn to for comfort that is not God? Mm-hmm. And that really struck me because one, it helps us to self-reflect. Okay, what's in my way of receiving God's love, or mm-hmm. me giving God love? Mm-hmm. Um, but in particular, like you're talking about in rece- receiving God's love, because if I'm always distracting myself with particular comforts, that maybe should be more oriented to time with Christ. Mm-hmm. Then, well,
6: sometimes the comfort comfort is what you think you should be doing for Lent, right? And like the, the control of that versus receptivity and it's not in passive receptivity it's not like I'm not gonna do anything and I'm just gonna let the Lord love me but it's it's conversation with God mm-hmm. and and I would say I'm a, I'm a pretty firm believer of like we can find the Lord in everything mm-hmm. and and our desire for particular comforts that's a part of the self-reflection is like God made good things mm-hmm. for us to receive and enjoy and so we go back to like the virtue of temperance like am I actually receiving those good things in the measure that's appropriate for me to receive them, or am I overcorrecting? Mm-hmm. Either way, am I like saying, Absolutely not, I will never, or, you know, it's just a balance. And that's that's I mean, a trusted spirit director, trusted friends talking to them, but talking to the Lord about like what is holding me back from receiving you. And is it is it my like grasp on what I think a good blint should look like, or is it a an open-handed like Lord, show me my faults and my weaknesses in a gentle way. The Lord never accuses, and he never is like, you idiot, why do you do these things, right? right? He's like, oh, like my daughter, my son, like, let's talk about this, you know? Like, hmm. what, what are you not giving me?
7: My wife just gave me a really good, uh, <laughs> I think sort of along those lines, uh, a good idea last night that I had thought about, and then it sort of, you know, gone out of my head just as quickly as it came in, but going to adoration, Mm -hmm. on a regular basis, which used to be, you know, I've gone through phases where it's like I'm very consistent and then other phases where it's just like, oh, Mm -hmm. man, I don't know how I can work this in. But I think that that's that's a wonderful Latin practice because it just puts us in proximity to the Lord. Right. Well, even that's
6: a good point of something that is helpful that you have to ask a trusted person in your life, but, like, if you feel like you don't know, like, what do I struggle with? I'm not sure. Ask, ask your spouse. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> ask, no question. your best friend. No like, question. And, no, and no. ask in a way of like, hey, I don't need you to just like list out a whole list of
1: my faults. Right. But like, <laughs> what, what do you see that maybe I don't? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right? I think a good point to reiterate in the conversation that we've been having that I've so enjoyed in in our time together is what I keep on hearing is, go to the Lord first, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. if you still haven't picked some of your Lenten practices, go to the Lord first and ask him, Lord, how, how can we journey in this together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah
0: amen macy becker kevin lowry thanks for being in the cafe with us this Thank morning you. Yeah, what it's a great time. way to start the season mm-hmm. macy we'll have you back if not sooner than the which is Easter. totally fine i like that that's <laughs> fine i love liturgical season <laughs> yeah. so god love you all uh tomorrow in the cafe we'll be joined by father jacob stanette and nicole simmental we'll be talking about our blessed mother So looking forward to that. Again, Macy, Kevin, thanks for being with us here in the cafe. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen.
0: Amen. So we'll be with you again tomorrow at 8 a.m. God love you.